Welcome to Dice in Mind, a podcast hosted by Brad Brown and Jason Kaufman to explore the intersection of life, games, science, music, philosophy, and creativity through interviews with leading creatives. All are welcome in this space. We talk a lot about high fantasy, but let's be honest, um, a lot. Let's say over 60% of our discussions are related to sci-fi or sci-fantasy-based games when we talk games. Well over 60%, yeah. 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 So, um, of course, Star Wars, although we, we haven't talked about that as much lately, and we really should. We will be coming back. Yeah. We will be coming back. Because as, as some... this drops, final season of Bad Batch has just started up again. Yeah. So there's there's still, you know, we got the movies that are that are being talked about. Yeah. That we got to talk about. So yep. we're going to swing back to Star Wars soon. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Star Trek. We don't even have to go in there. That's never heard that. Listens. That's, that's it's yeah. obvious. Yeah. Um, but and we've talked about this a long time about Traveler and mm-hmm. really the two. Mm-hmm. There's two forks to, and this is interesting for those that really haven't followed it. And it took me a while to kind of get a feel for it. There is the Far Future Enterprises Traveler, which is what you would consider classic Traveler, right? Developed by Mark Miller, right? And then Mark licensed Traveler to our friends at Mongoose Publishing, mm-hmm. and they have come out over the years. It wasn't just most recently, but they've come out with a, an additional version of Travel over the years. Right now, it's in their second edition. Yeah, Mongoose's. and my God, do they keep dropping books that look good? Yeah, I mean, the stuff. I mean the it, the material is so rich. Mm-hmm. Um, it is literally if if any of you are sci fiers out there, and majority of you are, um, and you haven't looked at the game, it is worthwhile going out to drive through RBG. There's a couple of the mm-hmm. things that are free. Yeah. Um, and it is not the mongoose, it's the standard traveler, but you'll get an idea of how rich it yes. is. And even on Facebook, whether it's mongoose or classic or any of the other derivatives that are out there, and we could go into those forever. Um, they have discussions about the physics of space travel. Buckle up, people. Yeah. You, you've, seen, you've seen this. You keep, you've sent so many of these things to me and it's like, and you, 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 I mean, like anyone who's been listening to this show for more than four minutes, right. To Dyson mind knows that we've been, you've been talking about traveler for actually probably the better part of a year. now. I would say about eight months. I would say about eight months. Which, which I remember... I'm, I'm going to accept as the better part of a year, but that's yeah. probably about right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's probably about right. So mid mid year last year. Right. Yeah. So I guess it um, is the better part yeah, of the but, year. But you're, but you're right. I mean, it's been a while, which is my point. And early in that you would, you would just routinely send me links to stuff like this. And then with non sequiturs, like how are we only learning about this now? Yes. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine First of all, we we it would have been stupid for us to look at this game while we were in college. But I, I already... think about, but I think about that. Like if we, high school and college, like I, I mean, obviously we wouldn't have known each other for part of that. But mm-hmm. but like us back then, oh, geek out. Yeah, I the mean, problem. Oh my the, god. The, I, the problem is, is I struggled in college even before a game like this. Um, and not to be had... crass, but this would have been like a full on nerdgasm. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. But think about it when, when you were living in the same, when we were both living in town um, and we get together, we talk about, and this goes back to why we started this. We would talk for hours about things. Can you imagine if we had interjected traveler into all this and start talking about the physics of faster than light travel? It would have been. Yeah. it, it, It literally is uncanny how, this game just appeals to a part of our, you know, well, it's the part same. of our gaming selves that love sci-fi. I think it's the same part. I think it's I think it's flipping the same switches to use an anachronism from days back, kids. Um, I think it's the same switches that are being flipped that got you early on like uh so a handful of years ago early on like when we were all we were both getting back into games got you into things like pathfinder mm-hmm. because there's uh there's a crunchiness okay to put yes. it mildly there's a crunchiness in traveler old and new mm-hmm. that really gets your anyone's cerebral juices flowing right like you just kind of have to sit down with it and swim for a while can you imagine? It just it came to my attention. If if we had been at the original Autobahn Court books, yes. sitting there, and we had known that game existed, and we could have picked it up there, and known that each other were into RPGs, which we never talked about, yeah, we would have spent a lot of time there doing this. Oh yeah, we, we it would have been an ideal place. We had we had a lot of good productive talks. There was really never a time when we went there where it wasn't. Um, no, time, it was always time well spent. But imagine all, adding that yeah. into the mix, and and I don't, and we wouldn't have, and and we wouldn't have played necessarily so much as because even we like we weren't so geeky as we would have gone to a cafe and played an RPG, but we would have brought our stuff and we would have read and talked and debated and maybe even written. Oh yeah, yeah, that's you yeah. right on the head. See now, right this makes head. me want to get into. Well, I'm going to say more of this after our interview. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna so, save it because I so, think that's the other part of the conversation. Yeah, and I was just gonna say, um, so we've we're lucky. How I really started to get a grasp for Traveler, um, the basics of it were watching some videos online, um, by um, gentleman named Seth Skorkowski. Never heard of him. Kidding. Yeah, kidding. Everyone's heard of Seth. And then I watched, I started watching those. And then I watched him when he guested on Glass Cannon podcast in. Uh And then I started watching all of the other videos that he has out there. He is just prolific in his content. And his content is humorous and engaging. And informative, though, too. Yes. Like I've watched many of his videos so that I can learn about either mechanics or just play in general. Yes. I mean, there's, there's RPG theory, there's, you know, good DM practice videos, um, anything related to RPGs, you know, there's something out there in his mm-hmm. content and you'll hear him even talk about some of the stuff, how he's kind of started into it. And, mm-hmm. and so, um, you know, we were very lucky that he oh, was man. able to take the time. He was so gracious with his time. And uh, once again, especially to our time-limited listeners, we're sorry. We're going to do better. We know we've had a bit of a run with longer episodes that we've been breaking our new under-an-hour rule. Fair warning, 
next week's not going to be, or next episode isn't going to be any shorter, might even be longer. That said, you know, there are just some people with whom you want to keep talking. And, and Seth, uh, thank you so much. Cause like, yeah, you know, it's a good, a good fit, a good chat when you stop recording and then you just keep going with one another. And like you and I both had to run. We were just mm -hmm. kind of stuck because of schedule. And otherwise, man, Seth, if you're listening to this, um, we would have just stayed on forever talking to you. Cause like, like, like we said in the interview, I mean, there are whole topics we didn't get to. Yeah. Gravitating to the darker sides of fantasy, Seth Skorkowski has always preferred horror and pulp heroes over knights in shining armor. When not writing, Seth enjoys cheesy movies, tabletop role-playing games, making YouTube videos, and traveling the world with his wife. So if I didn't mention it before, um, I've been a fan of this person that our guests, uh, videos for quite a while and i got completely hooked and binged uh the travelers ones traveler oh, yeah. was a late entry i was hearing my about that interest a lot. yes and so seth thank you for joining us and yeah, so thank much. you for the content because i wanted to learn traveler i looked at it i'm like i don't know how i'm gonna fix this and this is just <laughs> one small piece of your larger youtube and podcast empire you know oh well, hey, thank you for having me. And hey, I discovered Traveler very, very late. Uh, it was, it was, it was basically one of the, the the times where I did read this game, and I had this like, where has this been my whole life? Because I've yeah. been looking for this, at at trying to make something that for years, and I had no idea. Just it'd been right there the whole time. Uh, so no, I, I get it. Uh, because when I, when I read that, it was, it was very quickly, uh, this is the game we're going to play next. I, had, I cool. get an incredible number of games. I get sent far more games than I could ever read, let alone play. Mm -hmm. And Mongoose, uh, sent me traveler to just review. And I, I gave him my standard spiel of, you know, look, I'm not going to review it unless I play it. I'm not going to play it unless a, we have an opening because we've got our own games that we're doing. And B, I think it'd be a good fit for us. And yeah. the vast majority of stuff that people send to me, I, I'm never going to review because I either can't fit it in or, or look like what my players and I will be excited about. And when I read Traveler, it was just like, oh, hell, this is it. And we just happened to be wrapping up a campaign with a short kind of dally into Conan. Cause we just tried that for a short while and I was getting ready to start up a call of Cthulhu game, but I wasn't really sure yet. And I read traveler and it was like, Nope, Nope. I have been wanting this game for years, and I didn't know what it was called. And here it is. What, I, I love it. What particularly hooked you? Um, there's a, a few things hooked me, but, uh, I, I love the fact it's a skill-based game. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I absolutely, I one of the fastest ways to ever turn me off and somebody's pitching me a game is to start talking about classes, uh, because it right. just, yeah, I start I start kind of blanking out. Mm -hmm. uh, also, not tied system mechanics are not tied to the universe. Uh, and 
the other problem that a lot of games have is they get so niche and very rarely do I want to play in the established universe. Mm -hmm. Or if I do play in the established universe, I want to know that I don't have to. I want to know it's my choice. And which is the old punk rocker in me. And uh, so, but like when you see games that were like uh, the expanse or fire, all of those, those are very tied to this uh, this IP and traveler has a seriously huge and elaborate and amazing universe, but you don't have to, it gives you the tools Mm -hmm. right there to like Mm -hmm. throw the third Imperium out the window and just make it up. Right. And the, the other thing I love is it's not, it's not one thing. Uh, Traveler is a game that is whatever type of sci-fi you want it to be. And you can do that without actually having the rules. Uh, hmm. you, you know, if you want to do, uh, let's say, like a Battlestar Galactica where you're all on a on a giant military ship and you're, you're fleeing the, the skin job androids, you can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if you want to do Star Wars, you can absolutely do Star Wars, no problem. Or you could do Firefly. If yeah. if you want to take, if you even want to say like jump drives exist, but we're not actually going to worry about that. We're going to play a whole system in a single or a whole game in a single system. You right. could do the, uh, You could drop the game onto a single planet and say we're not really yeah. going to worry about the rest of the wider universe. We're just going to play cyberpunk on this planet, uh, which I would set yeah. on a fate and the spin marches because that is a planet wide cyberpunk night city. So you can do whatever it is that what type of sci-fi you want. And then when you get other books like the, uh, the traveler companion and some of the JTAS issues mm-hmm. where it offers you like, Hey, you don't want to do a week and you want to do hyperdrives. Here's how, here's how you can do it. We've, right. we've play tested this and we're giving you absolute permission to make this your universe. And yeah, it not just, you know, GMs, you don't have to try to make it up and hope you don't break anything or that you're right. not playing Traveler. You can, if you want to do instant jumps, here's how we support you and we'll give you assistance. It, so you can do anything. And that, I love it's got high mortality rate where you don't have a billion hit points. Um, and your hit points are your stats, which is really, really cool. Where, you know, anytime you take damage, you start performing less and less so I, cool. I just there's so much about it i love we haven't even touched character creation jesus it's one. <laughs> well, we watched i watched initially and i i sent jason then watched oh, yeah. it after me the glass cannon episodes of it and the session zero in effect the character creation episode i was in stitches from that when you all were doing <laughs> character creation i was just I that really hooked me between that and your your videos. Um and then the one where you did I want to go back in a minute, but the one where you did the 3D printing of the ship. Oh, oh I was like that was oh, awesome. I, I really want a 3D printer. I would get in so much trouble if I got one, but I wanted one. <laughs> no, this the secret is is to get a buddy that's addicted to 3D printing. <laughs> because A, he's better at it than I would be. He knows all the technical stuff, but two, I don't have to pay for the proof. Uh, oh, like all, nice. all, yeah. The only reason I haven't had a, a free trader Beowulf printed is physical space to put it. Uh, because it's like, what do I do with this? Like, is it a coffee table? I mean, because it's 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 huge. But every time I look at it, I'm like, man, I really need that thing. So 
it's so cool. We'd have to come up with like, you know, several sessions worth of adventures where they don't leave the ship. Right. Yeah. Like just adventures while they're in jump space and that's it. Like the Absolutely sliding cool. little doors to open them. Oh my God. Opening. I just, I would, it reminded me a lot of like the old Ravel models that you get, but so much more. Without all the little knobby pieces and they don't fall apart. Right. Yeah. Oh, see, it makes me think of the, the, the GI Joe aircraft carrier. Oh, the flag. Oh, interesting. The USS flag. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. oh yeah. that's a blast from the past. Oh, now I want one of those too. I just don't know where I'd put it. Um, see, that's <laughs> this is a real yeah. struggle. It's yeah. yeah. I'm I am known for for my somewhat um, what's the word? Um, what's the uh, spendthrift ways? Yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, when it comes to books, and when Traveler came out, I just oh started... my god, Seth. I mean, I we'll get off a of Traveler in a sec, but yeah. I I heard nonstop. It was a good thing. It was a beautiful thing because I mean it's fascinating. But I heard about Traveler almost daily better part of a year but like you like you said it's just such an open world approach you can go yeah it is you know there's that there's that website that where you can look at the you can look at the galaxy and you can see how small you know the 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 playing area was and i know mark miller had said in the past that he didn't want to even create um you know a certain area he wanted everyone to go off and do their own thing um, like the the Fereven sector is the, uh, the the game master reserve where he will not you know like they there no one is allowed to put set anything there because it is meant to be just wide open for GMs to just knock themselves out. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you would have had people fill all that in, and if game masters want to play in the third period, but they don't want to necessarily play in one of those pre-established things they wouldn't have anywhere left. So he right. dedicated the for even sector as just the GM, you know, preserve. And that's, it's really cool. Uh, yeah. Travelermap.com is just amazing. The traveler yes. wiki is incredible. And it's, it's, it's when you do stumble into this, uh, to that game, and then you see this dedicated fandom that's been going on for 40 years. That's just absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, amazing, mm-hmm. and yo know, God, they still get in their edition wars. It's so oh, it's it's as it's as bad as any other old game. But like the stuff that they create, like that, is just astounding. Uh, and the the fact you know, like with, with the like you've got the three D Beowulf, and you can look at it, and you haven't even seen a side of it, but you already know what the inside of that thing's going to look like. And then they open it up, and it looks exactly like you thought it was going to look like. Or it doesn't look exactly like it. It's better because it's got stuff you hadn't considered. And oh, it's 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 so much fun. Um, we're currently playing um, Secrets of the Ancients, so I'm expecting that to probably take us the rest of this year if we nice. get through it at lightning speed. <laughs> wow! So I got it. Before we, because we don't have any cool sound effects. Otherwise, I could say like. Let's take a walk back in time, and we can have like the little chimes. Yeah, or we're like we're that. not going to embarrass anyone to do that. No, yeah. and we're we'll we're on. we're we're low budget. So post production, um, post production. <laughs> That's yeah, right. Yeah, your you, our our production master is is yeah. the gentleman with the yeah. hair problem up top. So, yeah. um, <laughs> that's payback, dude. Um, mm-hmm. let's go back and talk about what 
kind of precipitated you into not yeah. only gaming, but you you write too. Um, and you've you know you've written a series of novels and short stories. So I don't want to just focus just purely on like travel or something like that because you have you have a you, you know I lot. love your your gaming yeah. philosophy videos and all that. Um, mm-hmm. How did you get into just the realm of gaming, even before oh. you kind of expanded out? Well, uh, like, like like most kids my age, I grew up during the Satanic Panic. As you know, sixty minutes and Geraldo and the Oprah Winfrey Show all told me about some game that would drive you insane, which means I absolutely wanted to check that out. Yeah, and I um, you know, I thought D and D was like like banned. It was like illegal. I couldn't play it anymore. Or something. And when I was in seventh grade, I, I guess the my homeroom at my school had those little that are mostly just stuff to advertise to kids and it had a a full page ad for the uh, black box nice. basic box that was coming out and it's like it's back it had the gorgeous cover and yeah so my 13th birthday was coming up that's that was all i wanted so i got yep. the black box which had like a little adventure you could put yourself through and, and stuff and very shortly after that i was talking to a buddy of mine or like a boy scout meeting and i re- like one of the kids in the troop uh corrected me on something on elves and you know as i had never met another DD player before and it's um, because he played advanced dungeons and dragons yeah. and all of a sudden i'm like wait i'm playing the 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 pedestrian version <laughs> and, and his dad had been running since the 70s and Jeez. uh we we very quickly got a group together that was actually on a boy scout troop and since second edition had just recently come out didn't want to buy all new books. So he had his plunder used bookstores and garage sales to, to get first ed stuff. And then we played that, you know, throughout duration of high school and college rolled around and I went off to college and kept playing our kind of first slash second edition hybrid. And eventually after a very, very long time, we started branching uh, further and further out into different games. Uh, Cyberpunk was the first big change where we didn't just start toe in it. We actually made that our primary game. Nice. Uh, played that as our primary game for several years and then took that system and started making our own games with it. Uh, so we had like a, a medieval fantasy we did with the cyberpunk interlock rules. We did a essentially Pulp Cthulhu uh, with yeah. <laughs> cyberpunk wow. rules. Okay. And then uh, I got talked into fifth edition when it released. So we played that for a year realized that we were just it just wasn't our jam anymore and then right then seventh edition call of cthulhu released and i read that and got to see what call of cthulhu was like if you weren't trying to house rule the whole thing from scratch and you actually had experienced people putting it together and it was like oh wow, it was way better than what i was doing and it just kind of kind of grew out from there and so i mean that's like i don't know i was like 25 years of the history right there (laughs) Wow. No, no, so, that's all. but what what was the jump then into writing? I mean, what was what motivated that? I was interested in in writing. I did some like writing competitions and stuff when I was younger. When I, you know, when you become a teenager, everything kind of changes on you. I ended up going to the debate team versus creative writing. And I originally was going to go into broadcasting because everybody said I had a good announcer voice, and so I, I kind of put writing aside until I graduated college and then I had to move from my little town to the city, you know, which is 20 miles, but it's, mm-hmm. it's 
still don't get to see your friends all the time. Mm-hmm. And I started writing just as a way to kind of burn all this alone time I suddenly had. And mm-hmm. that, you know, that led to a couple of short story sales. It took me forever to write a publishable novel. And, you know, <laughs> I've got, I've got another novel that no one's ever going to see. It's terrible. <laughs> and then once the first novel sold, I was able to get, uh, uh, so that was Dameron. Then three more in that series. I did some collections of sword and sorcery short stories that a lot of those have been published in magazines for a time, and then we kind of compiled them with some you know, non-previously seen stories into these two collections of uh, Adventures of the Black Raven, sort of a Gray Mauser-esque thief. And then uh, I ended up doing another novel called Ashes of Onyx that was a standalone. And it's I don't know, it's kind of like my love letter to a lot of the fiction that really inspired me. So it's got like oh, cool. Gibson and Clive Barker and Stephen King and you know, it's a little little winks at Lovecraft, but uh it does have a king and yellow theme, but it's more of the actual um Bierce King and Yellow, which predates Lovecraft. And I did that when it's kind of my I'm writing this one entirely for me my yeah, my thing cool. so so i've got uh one four novel series two short story collection uh yeah. series and then the standalone and then are you thinking of oh sorry i was no, just no, gonna go ask ahead. are you are you looking to continue yeah um i know you got book four you know i'd read a while back that you have other projects but you know maybe down the road are you thinking of continuing um you know, i say really i i left it i left it open but you know with the when the youtube channel which i originally created as a way to help kind of promote my writing wow. ended up blowing up yeah. and kind of blowing past uh, you know my success as an author so instead of being an author that does youtube i'm a youtuber that also writes some books uh, and that has become my major creative outlet uh, that i i do because so much of the process is the same it's Sometimes you're kind of um, alone and you're, you're kind of putting this stuff together and you're writing and you're trying to visualize what you're going to do. That's why my stuff is also very image heavy. And uh, I've got my little characters that I have. And so that ended up being the bigger creative outlet for me. And yeah. I find it a lot less just frustrating than being a, a, a author. Cause you know, when you, when you write a novel, it takes like a year and a half, even after you're done, a year and a half before it hits print and because you've got through all the editing you've gone through all the you know trying to get the publisher to pick it up providing you already have an agent which i do now but uh you know by the time it comes out you finally get to find out if anybody else thinks it's any good and you're also so dang sick of it and then you have to print yeah. and, and all this well with the youtube channel like i i pretty much in a good rhythm that i do a video every other week and it's it takes me about a week to do a video I work on it. I stay up late. I do everything, and then I knock it out there, and then I'm on to something else. It's not like I have to to wait two years to see if anybody right. thought it was worth a damn. And I mean, the stuff you put out on YouTube is like creative. It's I know. so good. I, I watched like your Any Award acceptance speech, and some of the stuff like you do black and white, where you know, or like I like the mimic uh, was invented video. <laughs> Um, in addition to not only playing, but, you know, your discussions around, you know, um, 
like RPG theory and yeah. and so on. And that you just you you offer so much. How do you, you know, how do you come up with the ideas for the content? That Especially every couple of weeks. Yeah. Um yeah, I've I've had a file that is basically just this word doc that's called video ideas. Um because yeah. I'll go through periods where I come up with a lot of them very, very just got them there and some of them are like a sentence um and then others i'll I'll occasionally open up and i'll fill in a little bit more details for it or um whatnot so if i'm not really sure what to talk about or i feel like i've talked about one thing too much recently i'll kind of pop that open to see Mm -hmm. uh, see what else is there and there's some stuff that's been there for years it's just the i don't have enough to dedicate a video to it but i eventually do want to talk about this uh, and then sometimes I'll just skip it all together because I had inspiration to do something else. Uh, so, I'll, but a lot of it, by the time I'm ready to do it, I, I mean, I can literally pull out like all of my major talking points. So like when I do my videos, okay. I've got like a slide that shows like the, the six points that support whatever theory it is. Those are usually the little half sentences that were written right next to a right. topic title. And then just a couple little I mentioned this, mentioned this uh, sort of thing. So, and yeah, I said there's periods where you, I will think of a lot of stuff in kind of niches. Like I used to do a lot of like, you know, types of player videos, like list videos. I don't do those very much mm-hmm. because I can expand those out into larger, but it's also because that's just not where my, I guess my mind is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've still got like, I don't know, like 20 types of players at a just like one day I'll pull them do something with them, but it just the, doesn't yeah then interest me the same way. The 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 videos I most enjoy are maybe unsurprisingly the ones where you're at the table with your different characters, right? Your different personas. And I get a kick out of that every time. I, what was the genesis of that? I mean, was that was that organic? Was that initially like very, very intentional? Because that's gotta just be a ton of time and prep on your end. It, it, it was completely accidental. Um, so early on in like the, the first, I guess four, five months of my channel, I did a video that I've since taken down because it was a bad video, but it was over uh, five good, uh, five bad characters that good players make or something. And one of them I wanted to cover was uh, what's what we call and have called for 20 something years, the 13th warrior which is the character that doesn't fit into whatever the pre-agreed theme of the game uh-huh. was. And where that name came about is in like 2003, I guess when we came up with this is just the term we use, was a, a kind of hypothetical of Michael Crichton pitching a D&D game to his players about they're going to be Vikings, they're going to do all this Viking stuff. And there's like this one guy's like, I want to be an Arab poet. And say, like, well, we're going to be this Viking game. And so... I wanted to kind of show that because my friends and I had kind of like laughingly played that out for years. And I had long hair at the time. So I just let my hair down, put a baseball cap on backwards, put on an old Ramones shirt. And I gave it kind of a surfer bro voice. And I just kind of went back and forth right. with the GM. And it was kind of fun. And I stuck a couple other skits in that video too, because it was kind of fun to do those. And that kind of ended up being something I would do as examples for a lot of those like kind of player right. GM type interactions. 
and he didn't even have a name. He was just player. And then one day I wanted to do a, a, a skit where I needed the player to talk to other players. And so I'm like, okay, I need to come up with like two others. And I'm actually a really terrible actor. So I need them to be very far extremes because I can do extremes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, I went to like a party city, little party place or something. And there was like this, yeah. I guess for a kid's birthday party, the disposable mustache goatee combo was for like a, a bandito. Right. And I'm like, oh, sweet, two costumes. And so I, I, I got that and I stuck the goatee on one, I stuck the mustache on the other and <laughs> gave them some kind of, you know, their own cartoony voices. And, you know, by starting to where they sat, I kind of established their different backgrounds. And I did that. And then I could, that was fun. So I did that for a while. I still hadn't named them. There's some old videos where I called them player one, player two, and player three. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't realize that was a thing. That was like a thing. Like I didn't, I didn't think of it as like one of my things I'm known for. Right. But then I started having so many people ask what their names were. I was like, Oh crap. I need to, I need to, I need to commit to these guys. So, and one, one commenter had actually come up with his own names because I wouldn't do it. And like, so he called dweebles dweebles. And I'm like, that's better than anything I could do. So they saw a fan actually named dweebles. And there was a meme I still see it sometimes uh, that that pops up on like Facebook or whatnot of it's a sign outside of some like little club or something that just says like lightsaber night is canceled tonight. Thanks, Todd. And <laughs> as since Todd was always like my, my bad player example, but that's right. perfect. So that's where Todd came from is this meme of lightsaber night being canceled. And somehow Todd was to blame, I guess. And I, I don't know. Mike's name just happened. Um, and so that just, they kind of grew into a thing I did. And had I known I was committing to these, like I wouldn't have done Dweebles hair like that. I would have just given him a freaking hat. And, you know, like, cause both of them are like, where's some shirts I don't even wear anymore. And I like, I have like this really awful shirt that I've had in my closet for 20 years. Like has like these little tribal patterns on it from like the nineties. Oh, yeah. like, okay, I'll wear that one. Cause it's significantly terrible. Yeah. I just give them my my over the top kind of like little nerdy lisp voice that I do when I'm talking to my friends, <laughs> <laughs> and so they just kind of happened, and, cool. and it's just yeah. I see a lot of other channels they come in with that in mind. Like, wow, look at that foresight planning. I didn't do any of that. <laughs> Seems to have worked out all right for you. Yeah, I've I've made do. Yeah, that's incredible. How did you connect with the folks at Glass Cannon um, to guess and everything like that? In all honesty, like I said at the outset, I just, that session, that character creation episode, just when you were going through and, and rolling and, and making that, I, you know, and obviously they were kind of all leaning on you just because you had some experience with it. Um, you know, how did you connect with them on it? Um, so uh, Glass Cannon sent me a notification one day. I get, I get lots of weird emails. And they had, I guess, picked up or combined with another podcast called like Streams of Blood or something. So it was like a right. press release. As I, I didn't think much of it. I don't actually don't really pay attention to, to the live place. So I have no idea who these people yeah. are. And, and then they like followed, they followed up or something. And I just kind of sent like, 
hey, you know, sorry, I really don't do RPG news or any of that, but you know, sorry. And I think it was Troy uh, reached out and wanted to do some Call of Cthulhu. And he he liked my Call of Cthulhu stuff. They originally asked if I'd be willing to run it. And I might, mm, you know, I've never actually run a streamed game. And yeah. I've done, I've done a podcast with it, but that's where we could also like pause for it on camera. You know, right. it's a different thing. Right. And I'm like, I've never even like been on, that's not my wheelhouse. So I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not comfortable finding one. That I dodged a bullet because I think about three minutes into our very first game, I was like, oh, thank God, I couldn't handle these people. Like, <laughs> Troy is a god for keeping these people like in a rand in a direction, like because they're they're very they're improv actors, right? Is, is what many of them are. So I came on as a guest and we played a game of Call of Cthulhu called Intimate Encounter. That was like about a five hour session. They split up into two episodes, and. Uh, one of their their guys, Skid, mm-hmm. is a huge Traveler fan. He'd been playing Traveler for years. So he was very excited to talk Traveler with me. And one of the other guys, Matthew, is a, just a big sci-fi dork. And mm-hmm. Skid had finally talked him into Traveler. Uh, and Matthew had watched some of my stuff to learn how to run. I guess they ran a game of high and dry ones. And so because I had played with them with the Hulu game and we got along great, uh, when Matthew said he wanted to put together a Traveler campaign, he reached out and I was like, absolutely, because I had been running Traveler at that point for like, I guess a little over a year, but I had never mm-hmm. actually played it as a, as a player. Interesting. So like, like the very first episode where like we're making characters is technically the first time I've ever played it <laughs> like, you know, without being behind the screen. So that was, uh, but that, that was fun. So we've done two seasons of that hopefully they green light us for our season three uh probably i don't know there's there's always behind the scenes stuff i'm not aware of so i'll just sit on my phone and hope it rings <laughs> if you like you had said you have um you have a backlog of, of games and stuff that you just cannot get to um because of everything going on um you know from Obviously, we've talked about Traveler. We haven't dug deep enough into Cthulhu. I'm fascinated by the game. Um, Chaosium as a company bringing back RuneQuest and and everything like so that. So many games. Yeah. And my bookshelf, I only am allowed a certain amount of space on a bookshelf. And I have long since run out of space. Yeah. Um, so I have secret stashes everywhere. Luckily, my wife doesn't listen, so I can say that. Not at um, all. But are there, is there something sitting out there that... Yep. kind of it, it kind of calls to you and you kind of want to get to it at some point maybe sooner than something else um right now because i'm i mostly just focus on like what game we're doing so i only start getting the wandering eye once the end is in sight um yeah. i would like to be able to have some more time to get back to uh cult uh that's that's actually a, a game that we've been playing a campaign of for a while, then life got in the way. And I really deeply wanted it because we were loving it. Yeah. Um, but no real game systems that I just really want to try. I would like to try Blade Runner with by free. Interesting. League. Yeah. I'd like to try. Uh, actually, I don't as much want to try it. I can't wait for my buddy to run it. Uh, so I get off his button, run it. Vossen by free league. Yes. I'd like to check that out. Um, uh, 
Yeah, I'd like to play a little bit more Alien, uh, but oh. side things versus what I would want to have be like our, uh, what I consider our primary type game where we like, we will play this until we, you know, wear the wheels out. Um, so, yeah, right now if we're doing a Traveler, we're doing a, a long form campaign, which yeah. I, I've, I haven't really run many of those in my life. I usually just kind of do a bunch of different scenarios, kind of st- Drung together um, to to make our campaigns. Have I done the you know pick up the two hundred plus page you know campaign yeah. that's multi chapter? And I, the very first one of those I did was I, I did a Linkmar one when I was in high school, which worked about as well as a high school D and D game does. And then it was Two Headed Serpent for Bulk Cthulhu years later. And then I've stretched modules out into campaigns but the you know the, the, the idea of the, the pre-written campaign um i've actually only ever done serpent and then the one that we're doing right now uh so yeah I did, a lot of them i would love to check out i just know that i get a wandering eye and it's like man what if we're like a year into this two-year thing and said it sucks or right you know what if uh what if the characters die on me come up with new characters halfway through that are supposed to care and like and, and you know with doing chaotic the way that we normally do it i can scratch whatever itch i have very quickly mm-hmm. you know, if like you know what i want to do let's do a heist okay cool next game we're gonna do a heist okay what do i want to do it's like let's go we'll, we'll do a, a haunted carnival sweet we'll do a haunted carnival and that, that's it versus if you do the long form campaign it's kind of like established long beforehand and there isn't as much of the the wiggle room so that's it's kind of like my adhd projects those but Hmm. trying we're we're trying one and it's i went actually read a lot of campaigns before i decided on this one and it's because every adventure in it is a different theme yeah like that will satisfy that part of me that always has to have something different oh yeah it's like it's an espionage one, high role play, you know, running from the law, then prison break, and then you're traveling to other universes and other times, and everything, everything in, in between. Where it's like it's ten adventures, and each one is very different. That's cool. Time. Uh, I was like, that's that's what I want. Is I want each one to feel different and scratch different itches, and. When my players are originally asking, like, what skills would be important, and I kind of really thought about it. I'm like, I think the only skill that you do not need for this entire thing is like sailing. And <laughs> <laughs> all of them, <laughs> minus sailing. Yeah, minus as sailing. I don't so waste like, that. Yeah. Like, like seriously, guys, in any any skill at some point is going to be really, really, really handy. So just Whoa. just knock yourselves out. Uh, I would really appreciate it if one of you had like like some of the sciences because those those will be. I think it'll be worse if nobody has that. And uh, so it, it, it kind of gets that d- the diversity. I have to something new all the time. Yeah, how, itch, which how, has allowed me to. How big is your table for a game like that? How many sit there? Um. We started with four mm-hmm. and we actually did character creation. We did a first adventure with the four 
that was kind of like, let's get used to these characters and mm-hmm. let's get ourselves back in the system. Cause it's been like a year and a half since we played mm-hmm. Traveler. We've just come off of like Pulp Cthulhu mm-hmm. displays. And right at the, like right before the first session of the actual campaign, uh, a good friend of ours uh, actually had lost his, his group due to like life and, you know, moving away is he kind mm-hmm. of gave me the puppy dog eyes and asked if he could maybe join. And I was like, ah, oh, crap. So we brought in a fifth one, right? The last second <laughs> after months of prep, he was like, okay, wild card and uh, play a traveler. So uh, that's, 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 so we've got five players and okay. myself. Yeah. And, yeah. Because, because just life's the way it is. You know, sometimes we'll have all five. I have a minimum of three. At you know, if but if we got one or two down, cool, we'll still go. Okay. At you know, because my players were asked my two people down for one game. I was like, guys, I was originally gonna run this with four, which means three would have been my minimum with five, but three is still gonna be my minimum. And we're, we're just gonna plow through because if we have to wait for full perfect attendance every time, we'll never play. Right. So yeah. You've written, I just, those, because we're an audio cast, they can't see it. But behind you, you have a traveler in the frame. And I don't know if that's the most recent um, one you did. I know people could see it on DriveThruRPG. They could pick up the PDF um, for some of your gaming, including that latest traveler that came out. Um, Yeah, I. so when my first novel came out, yeah, we did like the book release party. My friends got uh, the advanced copies of it and they went to a framer and they had to put in a shadow box. And it was presented to me at the, the official book launch party. And ever since that, I've actually stuck all of my um, stuff that's been published in frames boxes. So uh, what you see behind me, I'm looking at as a wall of uh, <laughs> other stuff. And then I've got like a couple of oh. on this wall here and, one over on this other wall here um, and the RPG stuff ended up in the spot behind me uh, oh, this little narrow gap between windows. Uh, so what you're looking at there is uh, mysteries and Arcturus station, which was, it's a two adventure book because I, I kind of uh, instigated mongoose re-releasing a, an old classic adventure called murder and Arcturus station. I read it and I thought it was brilliant. But then I wrote a, a prequel to it. So it's like a two adventures. One of them I wrote and the other nice. I updated the 1982 or so version to the current edition. And then uh, above that is a Call of Cthulhu collection that I was in uh, called New Tales of the Miskatonic Valley that um, won the any Award for um, its electronic version did. But so nice. I've got the hardback and a shadow box back there. So. All of all of my stuff that gets a physical printing, I will yeah. frame and put up. That's great. Except for, except for a couple that are like two. Uh, so like the the mongoose death station is only electronic, so it'd be on my wall. But it's kind of a, a, a sample of my kind of wall to my accomplishments. Yeah, so absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Such a good idea. I uh, my 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 podcast partner John Hook, who has written tons and tons of stuff. Like the first time we saw, it, I was like, "Oh wow, I need to." Like so, like yeah, dude, you're gonna fill up an entire wall because he's been 
you know, writing for Dungeon Call Classics and Call of Cthulhu for right. probably 20 years. Wow. And so he's got tons of stuff, but mm-hmm. it's just, I guess, on a shelf gathering desk versus like on display of these <laughs> things he's made. Yeah, yeah I didn't a, want to minimize. I just, cool. it just caught my attention right behind your, your headphones. <laughs> um, and of course, you know, I didn't want to turn this into, um, you know, only a traveler discussion, but it's just, I, I, it is a cool like, game. Like Jason said, I'm a, I'm a little bit on the obsessed side for it with it and I'm down away from home. And so I don't have access to my books. So I see that I'm just longing to get back up into the library. Okay. One more question. This is I, cause we don't, we, we, I, we never want to ask anything spoilerish. So we'll make this fantastical. If money were no option, Right. It's just no option. You can do whatever the heck you want. Is there anything with your YouTube channel? Like like we're thinking like far, far future, right? If there's anything with your YouTube channel, like if 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 there were any way to make it feasible, it'll be so much fun to do this. And I'm not really thinking topic. I'm like, would you would you do something that just is out of reach right now for whatever reason? Um if I was if I was gonna ask for the the the, the moon and the stars, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would I would love to make uh, essentially a uh, I don't know like interactive movie where the gang has to I don't know find find that their game master who's missing or something where like you know you've got the ball coming together so they have to interact with one. Another. And like, so you have to have like moving cameras and stuff. So it's more than just me alone in a game room, which is kind of sad when you think about it. Uh, but to do like a full on kind of almost Call of Cthulhu sort of adventure, but to where, you know, at certain chapter points, you get to make the decision, like, do you go left or right? And then I could have it where the, the viewer would choose the next video to do the path. So you'd first have to write it like almost to choose your own adventure with right. paths and leading back on itself without it suddenly being obvious that you're leading back on yourself sort of thing. Um, plus uh, like budget and true effects and actual, right, right, right. And, and, you know, the, the, the whole thing and like, you know, well muscled body doubles. And yeah. Oh, but then who's going to be able to relate to it? <laughs> <laughs> And, and so something like that because i've actually I've, I've wanted to for a couple of years yes. to do some sort of uh thing where like i could do a game where it's like like a one-on-one with the gm and one of the players but the viewer gets to choose which direction things go um i have i have tried to do rough maps of it out and it quickly it quickly slowly becomes like okay so i have to have like 50 videos that are all five minutes and be able to link them this way. Cause I can only link so many videos to one video. Right. But if I want to do it like that uh, style, you have to be able to have it go off to dead ends and you have to be right. able to have like, you know, different things that could happen as well as decide what would constitute a, a choice that would cause you to go this way or that. And then yes. when you land there, what could I do that could occupy a couple minutes worth of view time before the thing happens? And 
probably I'll just get into one of my little creative fever dreams and, and map it out. But, uh, but that is something I would love to do. And if I had unlimited money, I would actually make it like a little movie with the yeah. three players running around trying to solve the thing. I would also have it where they're in black and white and the rest of the world is color. Uh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Interesting. It's kind of like the 80s Clue movie. I don't know if you remember that, where there uh, were multiple endings yeah, that I'd, came out. Yeah, yeah and I, also people ask, like, why do you do the black and white and stuff? Because, yeah. Uh, so my costumes are so bad that, one, <laughs> it is... So people that don't believe, like, so people get fooled into thinking those are other people instead of just me clearly wearing the cheapest mustache in the world. <laughs> it was meant to be worn at one time at a kid's birthday party, and I'm going on like six years with it. Um, but the the wider the sepia tones, will um, do fight Jack really do trick you. At the the other reason is when I first started doing the skits, I needed some way to differentiate. Like I felt like I needed to. Right really establish this is a cut from whatever is me just sitting there talking about whatever the topic is. Uh, and now I've seen other YouTube videos that do it like, Oh yeah, that wouldn't have been a problem, but I, I had already been well established. It's like, it's black and white. Um, yeah, but it's cool though. Even when I see the footage that's all in full color, it is so ridiculously me. So I think the people that get tricked, and really enjoy watching these these characters interact. I think what helps fool them is that yeah, that black and white tone. It's oh, a yeah. it's a visual thing too. It's almost like you're stepping in, Absolutely. like last action hero. You're kind of stepping into a different world when you watch them that way. Versus, um, you know, well, I mean, it's some it's, of your other know, great content. It's this is farcical. Welcome to my farce. Sit down and learn. And then we'll come back and talk. I mean, it works. It makes a lot of sense. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's, it was, it was originally designed as like, I just want to illustrate some little gag. And then, you know, I will, I'll try to come up with ways to use some that push it forward. But then if I, I did one, one point where I didn't use them at all. And then at the, at the closing part, I always have one of them kind of roll the outro, like, you know, like subscribe, uh -huh, et cetera, uh -huh. et cetera. It always is with this like stupid gag of like as if the, they're done and they kind of go you know and they just start talking and it's usually like a little uh, zinger is what those are and bitches like you didn't use this and because I actually got to the end of writing the script I realized I hadn't used them and I was like I'd rather use you when you can actually like help point that I'm making versus feeling like I should just needlessly use you uh, because I know a lot of people come in they, they're expecting it but it's like if I can't use them in a way that I think makes the video better or makes my point better, I would rather not use them. So it's one of those, like I'm encouraged to, but at the same time, I have to like, keep myself from making kind of these cringe videos that people have to muscle through two minutes of me being a dork to get back to the interesting part. Uh, it's, it's kind of a balance because I do have to go out of my way to remember to like come up with something I could use to illustrate this point or just, some stupid joke uh, because then it, it's kind of spread off to uh, I'll do my war stories where I'm trying to recreate a game sometimes from 20 years before. Oh. Of, and that one, I'm actually just narrating it the whole time. So then I have to cut to them acting like they're playing, which means I've also just shot like three solid men 
I'm sitting in each position, acting like I'm playing and laughing at jokes and just doing a bunch of reactions. And it's like, I'll edit this together into something remotely meaningful when, once you get around to it. But I'm literally just making faces for <laughs> whatever I might need it for. And then, you know, splice all that together with a couple lines they'll deliver. Then it goes back to me narrating or I've done just videos that were just solid skits that yeah, yeah. were just, I don't know, they were just stupid because I thought they'd be fun. Like I did one where it's like about use a rubber chicken's foot to get rid of a dice curse. And I did it like some really cheesy infomercial, like the sham wow, but it was about a rubber chicken's foot. And then um, you mentioned the history of the beholder and the history of the mimic, which that was a, I came up with the beholder one. I remember very clearly I was opening up the fridge and I started doing that, like that Coke fueled guy gags. It, 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 it for guts, they got a butthole. And I thought it was so funny. And then I had to figure out what in the hell thing I was talking about that. Uh, I actually was convinced that when I published that, I was going to get so much blowback <laughs> for that portrayal. Of 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 the unnamed Wisconsin cobbler who's a clearly a coke fiend with <laughs> you know a bad comb over and thick glasses and a wild man beard and yeah you know, just knows uh, and what's funny is like no one ever no one ever got on to me for that I think everybody understood where it was coming from I even had um oh I'm blanking his name because we're talking and being recorded at the moment uh, the guy that actually did invent the beholder who I actually named oh. in the video as the, the actual one I can almost see his name, but I can't quite grasp it. He actually came on and, and commented and laughing oh, about it, which that's great. Like, kind of like a, uh, a, Koontz, uh, uh, Koontz uh, came on and oh said, God. yeah, like, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Blah, blah. blah. And I was like, dude, <laughs> you just <laughs> validated it. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's so cool. Hey, uh, before we go, I w- really thank you so much for joining oh, us. We've kind of kept you longer than we probably told you we would. Um, no. We'll have in the show notes um, your website, your YouTube channel. All the stuff, um, yeah. Yeah, all of it. And, and you know, for all listening, you got to check it out. I'm telling you. Oh, look yeah. At the, you know, your, web, your, your YouTube channel is just so phenomenally just diverse. Yeah. I, Thanks for everything I, you do, Seth. I mean, so much of what you do is it's fun, but it's an on-ramp for those of us who want to get into some of this stuff. And like you've talked about tonight, it's foreign to us right until we see it. Well, yeah, it's one of those things when, when you start a YouTube for, for RPGs, you've got to make a couple choices very quickly uh, to kind of establish what you are. And it also takes a while to kind of find your own voice. Uh, which you know it takes most creators. It took me like seven, eight months to really find my perfect groove. But you know, I always wanted to talk about a diversity of games. And you know, I, I didn't want to talk about the same game like two videos in a row. Is uh, and then kind of talk about the the overall thing. And it also, it's like I didn't ever want to focus really. I don't want to focus too much on the negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's a lot of sites that. Uh, channels that really become like very focused on negative things. Yeah. And yeah, my, my problem is I, I, I just didn't want to be angry. I wanted to like, you know, I'm a, I'm a middle-aged dude who every once in a while sits around with my friends and we play imagination time with, with a bunch of, you know, 3d printed toys. 
I mean, it's like, how curious can we really take ourselves, guys? If we only if we only had that, I mean, in the 80s and if we only knew where we would be right now with with everything that's going on, um, it's just such a cool time to. That's a great time for RPGs. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a Jason, you said it. I don't want to hijack it, but it's kind of a golden era for gaming and your content makes it like Jason was saying accessible for even those of us mm-hmm. who are who are relatively new or returning mm-hmm. that just don't know everything out there we haven't even gotten into uh call of cthulhu tonight so if, if at some point you're interested more to we'd do. love to have you back to, oh. to talk through some of that oh man, oh, man. So, i will talk your ear off on that one because uh, yeah, i love no traveler but you know call of cthulhu is is actually my number one game wow um, see so it's, yeah, I didn't. Uh, we didn't mean to 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 glance over it, but it was just it's kind of our excuse to have you back if you're willing, just because um, <laughs> I can do it. Yeah, awesome. it's it's one of even Cthulhu is one of those games I love to read. So thanks again for joining us. Um, you know, we really really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. This is fun. Seth, uh, as we said before, the drop. Uh, for the interview uh, thank you so much for spending possibly wasting time with us it it really was a treat to chat with you and again apologies that we couldn't stay on longer we really look forward to having you back on there there's so much we we didn't cover from your wealth of information your wealth of knowledge now that said uh, and this will i think surprise you brad i blame seth so i have never spent any time at all looking into Cthulhu of any mm. flavor. I've go on. Um, I'm not a Lovecraftian kind of person. Uh, I mean, jokes aside, like, um, and of course, his unfortunate side aside. Um, but that just that whole broad genre really just doesn't resonate or interest me. However. Uh, as as our listeners heard, uh, we spent a lot of time with Seth talking about and around Cthulhu, yeah. and so in the in the days after we spoke with him, uh, it got me thinking. You know, I need to be more open, so I'm going to investigate. No pun intended, but I'm going to investigate Cthulhu a bit. So uh, I I went to Glass Cannon, and um. I I don't from oh yeah and and because I'm uh well it used to be Patreon but because I'm a subscriber supporter I can access all of the back catalog, and so I listened to the two long episodes from a couple years back I think where where Seth was at the table and Troy was leading a modern Cthulhu, and so over like a over like the the week after we recorded with Seth which was just a couple ago. Uh, or a few ago as this drops, I spent like six hours between those two episodes uh, listening. And two things I'll say about that. One, kudos to Glass Cannon, uh, all of those guys and gals, because I've been listening for a long time, but those two episodes were some of the most hilarious of any of theirs I've heard. You've been telling me that for a couple days. I, I have, and, um, and, and, and I stand by it. But I was I really got hooked. I really got hooked into this modern Cthulhu. I I loved the mystery 
the investigation. And I loved how, yeah, it was a little pulpy, which is funny, mm -hmm. but in, in a funny way and how it had, and I don't know how intentional this was, but it had a very, a very kind of science fiction-y, paranormal Spielberg kind of feel to it. And, and I did not expect that. So, you know, Seth, um, and obviously everyone at GCN, but Seth, thank you for introducing, because had we not spent so much time talking with you about how cool it can be, I wouldn't have taken that step. And I, I, I honestly, truly enjoyed the Cthulhu aspect. And that really surprised me. You know, um, <clears throat> Green Ronin, Modiphius have versions of it in some form or another, different arenas. Chaosium obviously is the Call of Cthulhu owner. Um, I have a number of books from that. The one thing that I didn't get from the books, and I maybe should have, but I didn't, but Seth summed it up very succinctly, and I'm going to paraphrase, but it was something to the effect of, it's more of a mystery game. Yeah, he did. He did. And it's more of a, and that really changed in effect my perception of it we don't Ditto. have to it it's a and who, who you know for us we love a good i mean any of the games that we play whether it's in the trek wars whatever universe are mysteries you know we're trying to unravel something um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um it spurred my interest now i'm i'm as we record this i'm a week away from heading back home so i don't have any of my material with me down here but it does you know i have some of the pdfs um from purchases and i do think that um i'll spend some time reading it when i get back just because it did it, it got kind of the creative juices flowing a little bit to think about it doesn't yeah, mean we're going to game yeah. it right now don't have but, to so much but, of this is good reading oh yeah it's really good and, and some of the stories are good reading there's even a really well done guide for playing solo. Um, so yeah, I, I am so glad that we talked about that just beyond traveler as much as, you know, yeah, cause I, we were I'm not planning that that was all Seth, And that was just the organic nature of how we chat with people. And, yeah. and this one really, yeah, this, it was eye opening. Yeah. So let's head on over to, Autobahn Court, grab our tea, um, sit down. We tended to have one of two tables that we frequented. One that would kind of sit back towards the register for tea and on the edge where it would cross the tea memory. shop and a bookstore. Yes. And then there was another one that was right toward the window, right yep. on the edge of the window. That tended to be our day spot when we would go during the day because we would get the sun. And Man, good memory, Brett. I haven't thought about that in a long time. And the evening spot was where we would kind of sit back because to be quite honest with you, there was kind of, I think we've mentioned this before. There was kind of a creepy guy that is unnervingly probably the age that we are now, but was yeah, always that's sadly true. Yeah. But the difference is, is we don't sit at a bookstore by ourselves talking to people that are probably twice or half their age. Not even. Um, and, and, and women yes, while wearing a trench coat, yes. none of it was good. No. Now that we've creeped out most of our audience. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, that doesn't add the E tag to the thing. But it but, does fit the Cthulhu vibe. Yeah. <laughs> the trench cord of the whole thing. Yes. <laughs> okay. So um, going back, what what 
are you bringing to the table to, uh, to yeah, so, talk about this week? Yeah, thanks. So this this is um this is gonna blow your mind. Okay. I did something really rare the other week. Do we have to add an E tag to this? E for excitement. Okay. Uh I I actually role played. We I actually gamed. Um, oh, I knew that you did that. Yeah. So, yes. so yeah, because you kept trying to zoom bomb us. Yes. So, um, yeah. Wait, thanks we, for letting me in, jerk. Yep, you're welcome. I'm like, nope, <laughs> nope, nope. <laughs> we just we had just started, and I'm getting texts from you, a FaceTime call. You that was actually that was actually a. a did you um, butt dial me again? Yeah, that was a okay. that was an inadvertent dial. Um, I just messaged because originally Saturday we weren't. I wasn't going to be able to play. Yeah. Um, we had been out here. I came yeah. home. Um, way too late for me to sit and play because I'm an hour oh, ahead yeah, of you all. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I was tired. You've had a but, full, yeah. You've had. But a getting full back to that, you you were so, you did some gaming. So we, I did some gaming. So so that everyone knows the context here briefly. So you and I, and then our friend Aaron, right? Mm -hmm. Aaron Peterson, uh, Doctor Aaron Peterson. Um, mm -hmm. we have been planning to play Star Trek Adventures, and I've got a whole sandbox set up. And I am my God, am I chosen to play that with you guys? I cannot tell you. Um, and yeah, we after next weekend, then things. I know. Will... Yeah, no, no worries. I know you, you with your with your visit with your family visit. You've had a very shifting schedule, and yeah. shifting, not shifty, and um, and so we rescheduled a couple times, and you just couldn't do it. And I thought, well, I still want to play, and I know Aaron wants to play, and then of course my cousin Heidi. You know, I, I know she she's wanted to 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 pick up a game again because we all did that. Uh, we as being mildly creepy on the monitor, which is yet another reason why we're an audio only <laughs> podcast. Um, and so so I pivoted and uh, I GM for Aaron and Heidi, and we played D and D, and nice. it was I I had taken some stuff I had. Didn't you play like two hours? Um, no, I actually kept it to about an hour and a half. I was pretty, okay. I really, I, I, I wanted to get upstairs. I, yeah, it's, uh, I needed to get back to the boys, uh, her sons. So, um, you know, we actually, we were on for maybe close to two hours, but we kept it to like an hour and a half. Cause you messaged, cause by the time you messaged me back, I was, I was pretty well out for the night. Mm -hmm. Um, and it felt like it was two hours from when you said you were starting. So oh, I mean, it could have been, it, 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 you might've, it just might've taken yeah. time between when you ended and you messaged me. So, uh, I, I won't get into the specifics, but but I think everyone had a good time. I had a lot of fun. Um, uh, you know the the other two they are very novice at RPGs and at D and D certainly. Um, but we'd all like you and Aaron and I had played uh what a couple sessions about a year ago. Yep. And so we kind of started anew with the same characters. Uh, we were all insistent. They were especially insistent that anytime. Uh, anytime you want to roll a little D and D, we can very easily insert your PC into the story. The it's bard? very the bard. Uh, okay. Oh God, that would actually be so good for this. So I'm just kind of coming up with this little adventure, but I'm using a bunch of IP for okay. uh, both backstory pieces for like sorry world building and um, visuals, and then I'll just leave it with this. Two things. One, uh. Going back to Cthulhu and our chat with Seth, as we were, like they, I don't, I don't think either of them listened, so I can say this. Uh, 
I was trying to play it off so that they'd have a good time as like, this is all planned. But like, I was really just riffing the whole thing after some real basic foundational stuff to That's see where they want. Yeah, yeah. To see where they want to go, truly sandbox it on top of some IP. And I came up with, Oh, I've got an investigation for them. Ah. I know, which I don't think I've, ever really done i mean well okay i suppose we've all done bits and pieces but like this is an actual like like find someone kind of thing the other yeah. thing i'll say uh and and jim and al and and michael and the others i hope you're listening because uh this really taught me something i finished playing finished gming DD, and i thought right away hung up and i thought right away that was a lot of fun and it makes me want to play star trek adventures even more so it's like so really you, yeah yeah because i because i i put I, i've got so much ready as a well, because world of the, building because of what you've developed for the it, game and i just and i just want to play it and i just got not it. even not what i've done so much as i like we've got enough of a sandbox to roll now no pun intended and yeah. um and i just you know like i absolutely love the game and the world and after you and i played those several sessions yeah. Like I'm I'm all in to the like like I went to bed, how sad is that, thinking of actually 2D20 is a real improvement over the old mechanic. Well, yeah, you've played because now you've now you've really had some experience, you know, both kind of GMing both systems. And they're good system. It's not a yeah, knock, they're but, different. It's fun. But the nuanced approach to yeah. um the sophistication 2D20, with STA is just I yeah. I can't, you know, because I'm traveling, I don't or because I'm staying with my family down here, I don't really have anything new from a book perspective. And I think the fact that you gamed um is would top anything else that <laughs> I could come up with for the corner, just because I think that's phenomenal that you had the time for it. Um and to add to that, um, I watched some um, I was waiting to get back up there to do it, but I started doing a little bit of binging of my my semi-annual DS9 run. Yes, good. And um, as someone who never felt in the day like Star Trek could handle being on a space station versus being a ship, um, yeah. you know me, I adore yeah. DS9. Yeah. Um, the fact that the little that you've told us about what you're planning for us with STA involves a space station. Yes, it does. Um, just, I mean, that's, you couldn't have developed something that, that would interest me greater than playing STA with a space station involved, even whether it's tertiary or primary. So it's um, primary said, and it's got four promenades for your gaming pleasure. Yeah. See, I, I, let's just, let's leave it at that because yeah. the fact that, that, you get to do some gaming and there's further gaming coming up after next weekend when I get home. Yes. Um, I think, I think that that's the topper to the cake for the week, other than the fact that we had this phenomenal guest on. Yeah. So, you know, the deal, everybody, uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks as always for listening. Oh. We've got, Oh, what, wait, what? How do you end? Oh, I'm not there yet. I, okay. I, I, okay. I won't leave you hanging here, my friend. Okay. Good. I was just going to say, we've, the, I just want to say we've we've got some familiar faces, or I should say voices, coming back to the podcast in the coming weeks. We've got some brand new ones. You know, we're really trying to to focus what motivates us, but also talking to an increasingly broad range 
of people. Um, so hopefully as um as spring or fall, wherever you happen to be on this wonderful planet, uh approaches, you'll stay there with us. And you know, everybody, we don't say this enough, and that's on me. And Brad and I need to get into the habit of doing so. If you like what you're hearing, please give us five stars wherever you're listening. We haven't done that in forever, but the podcast is is growing. It's really growing. And we think we have some of the most lovely, interesting people in the business who are, are coming on to Dyson Mind. So if you like what you're hearing, really seriously, uh, recommend us to your friends. Um, give us that five-star rating. We would love to hear what you have to say. And, and we really mean that, whether it's through Apple, whether it's on Podbean, whether it's through our email. Um, don't, everything's in the show notes. Don't hesitate to reach out to us. If uh, if you're a creator, if you're a creative and you want to chat with us on the show, reach out. We are always interested to talk to people. So with that, be well, stay well. We will see you in a couple of weeks. 